The Outlet. The Voice of Central. Welcome to The Outlet. I'm your host, Brent Harbour. and this podcast, I talk to Mike Casey. Now, Mike is the owner of Forest Lodge Orchard and a big supporter of New Zealand's drive for Carbon Zero 2050. And his orchard is the world's first 100% electric zero fossil fuel orchard. We chat about that, the country's first autonomous tractor and putting power back into the national grid. But first, with local news from the Central app, Jackie Tucker. The Outlet. Local news. Here are some of the local news stories you can read about this week on the Central app. A funding boost from the government will support Otago Regional Council's work on high country erosion control. ORC has been granted nearly $430,000 from the Hill Country Erosion Fund. They say the objective of the program is to support landowners to plan for and treat erosion-prone land and to put in place good sustainable management practices to help protect vulnerable hill country. Cromwell local Emily Rutherford says she is stoked to make the finals of the EY Entrepreneur of the Year 2023 competition for her role as Managing Director and Co-Owner of the Kiwi Water Park. Emily had been living in the UK and running her own entertainment business when every event was cancelled because of COVID-19. She returned home to Cromwell and wrote a business plan to open the country's largest inflatable water park on Lake Dunstan. The winner will be announced on November 15 at an awards ceremony. And roughly a third of rabbit inspections in Otago communities were compliant last financial year, but the Regional Council says it is working with groups to help them coordinate their control efforts. Otago Regional Council conducted 550 rabbit inspections last financial year. 295 were of rural properties, with a compliance rate of roughly 70%. The Council are working with them to support and help to coordinate control efforts and had boosted funding and resourcing to assist with education. And that's local news thanks to the Central app, the first choice for local news and information in central Otago. Read these stories and more by clicking the news button and turning on notifications. The Outlet. The Voice of Central. The Great Naseby Water Race is on Wednesday the 23rd of August 8am to Saturday the 26th 6pm. Now this unique ultramarathon event takes place near Naseby, the highest town in New Zealand at 2,000 feet. The course is set around a 10k loop. After the race, prize giving will be held at the Naseby Town Hall. All the info can be found by clicking on the Things to Do button, then what's on on the Central app. Mike Casey is the owner of Forest Lodge Orchard and a big supporter of New Zealand's drive for Carbon Zero 2050. And his orchard is the world's first 100% electric zero fossil fuel orchard. We chat about that, the country's first autonomous tractor and putting power back into the national grid. G'day Mike, welcome to the outlet. Thanks Brent, thanks for having me on. Excited. Not a problem. Now creating the world's first 100% electric Zero fossil fuel orchard is a fantastic accomplishment. Can you please share some of the insights into the journey and the challenges you faced while transitioning to an orchard to operate without burning any fuels? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it actually wasn't so much a transition as it, as it was starting with a with a complete blank canvas. So, my background in a nutshell is I have a software engineering degree. Went to Sydney, spent twelve years there building a startup that I eventually sold in twenty nineteen. 
and that gave me the opportunity to move back home to Aotearoa, which is something my wife and I were really keen to do after 12 years in the concrete jungle of Sydney. And we were looking to move to the Queenstown Lakes District. Yeah, mainly because we just loved the, the outdoors and, and that area in particular. We came back every year for, for a ski holiday and kind of fell in love with the region. And long story short, found a um, farm 30 minutes south of Monica with a four bedroom house on it for the same price as a four bedroom house in Monica. And so we decided to buy it. And with that farm came nine hectares of blank canvas, essentially bare land. We did what everybody in Central Otago does when they have a bit of spare land, they plant some fruit trees on it. So uh, we went down that path and because we were starting with a blank canvas and because I had, you know, a reasonably fair amount of capital behind me, which was, which was my own money. I didn't have to convince anybody else, you know, to, to invest in it. It was, it was, it was my money. So, um, we decided that along with doing that, we would, we, we would endeavor to, you know, when, when, whenever a purchasing decision came up about a new piece of technology or machinery, um, we would endeavor to find the electric option. Didn't really ever envisage going fully zero fossil fuel, but just I think happened to be at that right time in, in the stage of humanity where the technology was there to enable us to do that. And about 18 months ago, we realized, actually probably would have been closer to 24 months ago now, we realized that actually we could go completely zero fossil fuel. Uh, that's what we did and achieved. And here we are now claiming that we're the first because I haven't found evidence of anyone else claiming <laughs> that they're the first. So that's, that's how we do it here. I'd just take that one, Mike. That's fine. Now, your commitment to sustainability kind of goes beyond the orchard's operations. It goes to consumers as well. So how has the response been from people in supporting what you're doing? Yeah, it's been really good. So I think one of the biggest problems that I have is that we decided to go into cherries. And the reason we went to go into cherries, it's possibly my favorite food. I absolutely love cherries. And, you know, if you if you love what you grow, you're going to be better at it. That was my sort of philosophy leading into to choosing cherries. But cherries have a major problem in that they're only around for six weeks in the year and they're a highly perishable product. And as a result, it's been something that's been incredibly hard to build a long-term consumer movement around around cherries right everyone loves cherries that's great but also at the same time you know they are they're not exactly on the shelves for 12 months like some other produce out there so it has been tough in that regard but we have had a huge amount of interest we sold 10 percent of our crop last year locally and even hyper locally which was fantastic which meant that uh you know there were regular everyday new zealanders that were were buying our export quality cherries at the same at the same gate return we were able to achieve compared to if we'd exported them which is fantastic and you know we can can they continue to hopefully grow that customer base because i think the other thing is is that you know the less cherries that get exported overseas the far less emissions we have as well it works it works really well in that regard i'm really happy with the support that we've got and i'm really looking forward to the season to see how much further we can grow it. so you support new zealand's drive for carbon zero 2050 and you help out by putting power back into the national grid i mean when you set that up was there any challenges with that yeah in terms of actually selling power back to the grid yeah one of the one of the issues that we have at the moment is that for a very, very long time, the New Zealand energy system has been based around sort of a, a very sort of centralised model of someone generates the power, someone transmits the power up and down the country, a local lines company distributes that power to you and you as the consumer takes that power. And that has worked, you know, fairly well, I guess, over a number of decades. But the big issue now is that there is technology that we can install on our farms and in our small businesses and in our communities and even in our households that allows us to be much smarter power consumers and along with that the ability to 
potentially support the national grid and support our local communities when we have surplus power at times when they need it. And that whole side of the market is still very much in its infancy. And when I say in its infancy, you know, I think there's a lot of the energy industry that probably hasn't realised the full potential of that yet. And so it's, there's been a big barrier in that regard for sure, but something now I'm now, through being the CEO of a, a new charity called Rewiring Aotearoa, my goal now is to actually sort of help hopefully structure some of the policy and market conditions around that to make that a lot more possible. Oh yeah, that's great. So tell me about your fully electric autonomous tractor. It's the first one in New Zealand, right? Uh, yeah, it was uh, actually the 66th to ever be constructed in the US and the first to ever be exported outside of California. So we even beat the farmers in Oregon to, to one of these electric tractors and it came to little old Cromwell. And that's been two years in the making for us, like it was the last piece of the puzzle in our fully zero fossil fuel orchard. You know, going back to your previous question, one of the big things about these tractors that are coming now is they have these massive battery packs that can actually be used to power your home and your farm or even feed back to the national grid potentially. And I think that's something that I'm really starting to notice now is you know huge potential with all of this new electric equipment coming online that just the amount of storage that we're going to have especially on farmers is unbelievable um, but yeah about the electric tractor it's also driver optional which is which is hugely significant because it just means that we can save so much money on the mundane tractor jobs like you know driving up and down 25 kilometers of cherry trees mowing them is not something that a human brain needs to do anymore, right? We can use our brains for far smarter, more important things like tree care and pruning and you know crop analysis and all of those kinds of things, and let the you know the boring long jobs you know go to the machines. And that's something that we're really excited about. You know, we are a high wage economy competing in a commodity you know global commodities market, and as a result, we need to be as efficient as we possibly can be, and that means using our staff's brains to grow better yield with the inputs we have available. And that's you know. That's, that's what this new technology is going to bring to the table. Well, that's the thing too, because I went to a seminar on AI the other night, and it is about making some of those mundane things automated that gives you more time to be productive, right? That's the whole point. That's exactly right. I mean, people often ask me questions about jobs with the sort autonomous tractor, but you know, the, the, we're not. We you know no one's losing their job a mile, should that's for sure, because we still need someone to set up the tractor to run, and we still need someone to mix the chemical that we might be spraying, and we might need. You know, there still has to be someone that actually has to tell the tractor what to do. It just, you know, once they've told the tractor what to do, there's eight hours of battery life that the tractor can go and do something while our staff go and do something far more productive. That's sort of, a, you know, the way that I'm, I'm angling that or pitching that. And I think people understand that. At the end of it, I think there is so much more efficiency gains to be had on farm through this technology. So what is the next project you're working on for the orchard? So, yeah, I mean, from here, for orchard-wise, the next big thing is data collection. So, you know, I come from a technology background and one of the big concerns I had when I got into orcharding or horticulture for the first time was the serious lack of data that was actually available. You know, all the decisions in technology are data-driven. And, you know, when it comes to horticulture, you're looking at, you know, where the moon is in the sky and where the tides are at the moment and the way the breeze is blowing and then just using your intu intuition to make a, you know, make a decision. And, you know, there's a lot of very, very skilled orchardists out there, you know, but most of them are, you know, getting on years now. And so one of the big things that, you know, I want to do is see if I can use the automatic tractor to collect a whole bunch of data through another startup that I invested in called Fruitminder to collect this data, create a digital twin of an orchard and be able to actually provide the orchardist or the farmer real, you know, real data on exactly what's going on out there. 
Um, so that's the big thing from that perspective. And then I think the other big thing is, you know, I've essentially you can boil my um, my farm down or my orchard down to having electrified 20 machines. There's 20 different machines on our farm and all of them have been electrified. And that's 20 of potentially 10 million fossil fuel machines in New Zealand that are in our households, our small businesses, our communities, our farms, right? And the next big move for me is you know, by, by heading up this uh, rewiring, rewiring Aotearoa is all about how is it that we can put the right policies in place, we can put the right commercial environment in place to enable the rapid replacement of, of, of those fossil fuel machines and bring our emissions down so that we have a, a chance of hitting our Paris targets. But not only that, you know, we're setting ourselves up for net zero 2050. You know, that's something that I'm very passionate about. Oh, that's great. Well, it's incredible stuff that you're doing. If people want to find out more about what you do at the Orchard, where should they go online, Mike? Yeah, so there's three um, there's three different resources. My sort of more earthy blog, sort of more farmer-related one is forestlodge.nz. That's our website. My sort of consumer-focused brand is called NZ Zero. That's nzzero.com, so NZ and then the, the number zero.com. And then when it comes to the electrification of everything in New Zealand, that's rewiring.nz. So, yeah, there's three different... Depends, you know, depending on what flavour you're looking at, there's three different places that you can go to to see this information. That's great. Well, I'm looking forward to getting some cherries. And, um, hey, thanks for having a chat. I really appreciate it. Awesome. No problem. I'm uh, looking forward to getting some cherries this summer. Sounds good. The Outlet. The Voice of Central. On the homepage of the Central app is the new local loyal button. And when you click on that, you'll find some amazing deals like free four-wheel rotation and free tyre pressure check in August if you show the voucher on your app to the team at Thailand and Alexandra and Cromwell. The local loyal button is local supporting locals on the central app. The outlet. Jobs board. Here's some of the jobs listed this week on the central app. Alexandra Night and Day have some part-time and fixed positions available. The days and hours are discussed at interview and it requires one weekend day a week. These positions are in preparation for a busy summer ahead. Full training is given so pop in and speak to Hayden or Brooke. Harmony Skin and Beauty in Alexandra are looking for a clinic coordinator. They want someone with strong computer skills, including experience with stock management systems and social media basics. An interest in skin health and beauty, along with the latest trends and treatments, and communication skills to engage with clients and their team effectively. And Fresh Choice Cromwell are looking for pleasant customer-focused people to join their click and collect team. If you enjoy providing their customers well-presented packed groceries, then they would love to hear from you. You'll need attention to detail, be physically fit, and can work alone and as a team member. You can find these jobs and many more by clicking on the Jobs button on the Central app. Download the Central app from the App Store or Google Play. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Outlet. Make sure you check out the new Local Loyal button on the Central app. The Local Loyal button will give you some great bonuses as a thank you for supporting us. If you have a story or an interview you think should be featured on the Outlet podcast, get in touch by clicking on the Contact Us button on the Central app. The Outlet is produced and published by the Central app and supported with funding from the New Zealand Public Interest Journalism Fund. The Outlet is available on the main page of the Central app and wherever you get your podcasts.